Welcome back, Bayside. They're taking school spirit. The fun just getting started. To the max. This is going to be awesome. Saved by the Bell. New season streaming now. Let's do this, baby. Only on Peacock. Whatever you're funny, Peacock's got it exclusively. Stream classic sitcoms like The Office, Parks and Recreation, and Two and a Half Men. Plus, catch Peacock original comedies like AP Bio and Saved by the Bell. For all your exclusive comedy faves, go to PeacockTV.com and get started. It's still really damn it, damn it. Everybody, welcome to this week's edition of the Still Real Test Show, episode number 623 for January 20th, 2022. Welcome to this week's edition of SRTU. I'm one half of the show. I am Jeff Peck, joined every single week by my co host, who uh, he doesn't know this, but I've just officially changed his name. You knew him as Dr. Trey Franklin, but please welcome Claude. Uh, Claude, what is up, my friend? Uh, at least you didn't name me after a, a German uh, Nazi U-boat captain, so I appreciate that. That uh, we know of. That we know of. I mean, you could have gone Stalin. You could have gone, you know, Napoleon. Uh, I forgot the Mussolini. I mean, that's a great one as well. Yeah, that, 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 yep, yep. Yeah. But Claude. So basically just like sound like a, the set the, the noise a giant horse makes i got that That's yeah great. yeah um welcome back dr trey to the show on the injured list last week uh, um how you doing man i mean i had to go solo you you had some uh you were on the injury list are, are you everything's good we're good yeah we had kind of a freak a freak situation so as most everybody knows i've had multiple i've had a couple of hand surgeries and then at uh up until last week i had two surgeries on my left middle finger and uh when i made my trip to north carolina i noticed like it looked like it had gotten an infection in it and by the time i got back and got in the doctor he was like oh yeah we have to uh, schedule you a surgery within two days the unfortunate part was my wife had also been scheduled to have all four of her wisdom teeth removed the same day so we had to like so the family took care of her. I had to be taken care of by work. And by the time I got out and then back to, to the house, it was far too late. And uh, my mental capacity due to the anesthesia would have made a very laughable episode of SRTU. No, that that is totally fine. Glad to hear you're doing all right. The family's doing all right. Dr. Trey is back with us. Um, if, if you want to see his finger, he can gladly send you a picture of him giving the middle finger oh. to you. Um, yes. At Dr. The Dr. Trey. But I guess they'll be changing soon to the Dr. Claude. Um, 
So welcome back, Dr. Trey. Before the show, we were talking about uh, it is it is freezing cold here up in the northeast of the United States. Dr. Trey down south where it's like I think a couple of weeks ago we were talking and it was cold where I am, of course. Uh, but you were like, yeah, it's 70. But now yeah. you're below freezing. You're below 32 degrees Fahrenheit, which is uh, which is tough on on the southern folks in Alabama. Yeah, and it's been crazy. Like we've had days where it's been cold, and then uh, like last week, Monday and Tuesday, it was you know highs in the 40s, lows in the low 30s, and then it jumped up to like 70 for a couple days, and then dropped back down, back up. Uh, yesterday the high was 57. So not a bad day. And then today the high was 38, low of 32. And then tomorrow the low is supposed to be 20. We're supposed to be like in the lows in the low 20s the next couple of days. And that's very unusual for us. Uh, I mean, we usually get a couple of days in spells, but it's usually gradual. It's not this roller coaster temperature. And I guess, oh, Jeff, for me, like, you know, all the years of traveling, it doesn't phase me as much. But that's true. Typically, when we, when we get cold in the south, like people freak out. Uh, all the uh, country boys with the giant jacked up trucks decide they should drive faster on the ice, <laughs> which is uh, you know the smartest thing to do. Yes, uh, and then nobody here actually has winter coats. You know, most of us roll around in like hoodies and you know jackets. Like I got a leather jacket, and that's like the warmest thing I got. So like when we drop in the twenties, I'm like scrounging around lost and found boxes looking for beanies and scarves to make it through the day see i'm surprised that like the folks down south because i'm a big fan and a fan of carhartt stuff i'm surprised you guys don't have like a breaking class uh break in case of emergency uh carhartt coat no i mean the uh, the bass pro shops and the uh cabelas are completely run amok right now with people like gathering lights up but it's weird because so this is like uh, the pandemic version of toilet paper back in March 2020. Yeah, every, okay. Everybody's r- rushing out for their thermal long johns right now. Uh, wow. But because <laughs> in Alabama, because of the stereotypes, there is a large community that refuses to go buy Carhartt and stuff like that because they don't want to be labeled a redneck because of the stereotype of the South. And then the rednecks are like, <laughs> hey, man, we, we're taking care of We're warm. We, we're just going to run off the road in our giant jacked up trucks all the time. So they they don't mind saying roll tide uh, for every little thing, but they won't put on a Carhartt because they don't want to be stereotyped. Listen, you live in New York. There's a ton of Yankees fans, <laughs> but there are people in the city that you are like, I don't associate with the Bronx. You know, <laughs> I don't associate. There are certain groups within New York that don't associate with other groups within New York because of the stereotypes. So. You should understand this. Like, we all root for Alabama, but brother, I'm not wearing camo out of the prom now. Okay, okay. Uh, that's hey, that's fine. That's fine. But it's it's probably going to be back up to seventy over the weekend, right? Uh, I think it's going to be back up to uh, in the upper fifties, low sixties by the weekend. Now, have you ever seen snow where you live now in Alabama? Yeah, we had uh, we had a, a dusting last year. Uh, okay. My dusting literally like a third of an inch, and they shut down work for the day. Yeah, uh, okay, I remember this now. Yeah, of course. A couple of years ago, we had a, like a, there was the year I think it was 2014. We had the freak snow and ice storm that shut down the South. Uh, uh, I don't know if you heard the story about when Freddie Freeman was stranded on the interstate in Atlanta. And Chipper Jones, had yes, to come pick him up. Yes, to get him. 
and they literally, I, it's like, I, I was actually driving to North Carolina and spent the weekend at Myrtle Beach, and Myrtle Beach has snow on the ground, but driving through Atlanta, it was like a scene out of The Walking Dead, because there's just cars abandoned everywhere on the interstate. I had to be meander your way through it to keep on going. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're laughing about it, but it's exactly what, uh, what you were saying off air before we, before we logged on. Uh, and started recording the show. It's it's just like you guys aren't prepared for it. Like you don't need yeah. a heavy duty winter coat. One, no, uh, a snow shovel like would be like a ludicrous thing to have. Um, salt and sand would be crazy to have for if it's icy out. You know you don't you don't need that stuff. So that's why like the towns that you live in they don't purchase salt and sand because wh- I mean really when will you ever need it? Like maybe yeah. maybe one day a year. It's not like up here in the let, north. Let me ask you this. So whenever you need to salt your driveway, you can go buy big bags of salt for that, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I had to buy a can of Morton salt. What? Dude, just do kitty litter, man. I could. I mean, my wife said go buy salt. So I'm like, all right, so I go <laughs> to the store. And I'm like, they don't have – I'm looking for the big bags of salt like I used to see up in the northeast, and they don't have it. So I'm literally buying Morton salt and salting my uh, – I have a ramp that runs into my front porch, like a handicap ramp to, uh, for, for you know, older people in the family. It ices over. Yeah, so no doubt. With a big can of more salt, salting my ramp. Uh, see, here it is. Um, words of the wise from a northerner to a southerner. In in the event of you need this, kitty litter does the trick as well. I Now, when I was traveling uh, and I lived in North Carolina, during the winter season, I would carry uh, a big like tub of ki- like kitty litter in the back of my truck, just in case I hit an icy patch and got stuck. I would use the kitty litter for tracking. But that I did I didn't know. But then my wife just totally threw me off guard with the salt. And you know, uh, you're not married yet, but for those married listeners out there, if your wife tells you to do something, mm. uh, you have kids, you're gonna go do that because uh, child support is expensive. Uh, that is true. That is true. Words words of wisdom here to kick off this week's edition of SRTU. So Dr. Trey's back. Uh, we are a week out from previewing and predicting uh, WWE Royal Rumble, which is insane to think of, the road to WrestleMania 38. But uh, we kick off this week's edition of the show, Dr. Trey, with a story that dropped earlier this week from Fightful.com. Uh, Sean Ross Sapp uh, was the one who was reporting it. Uh, according to reports, AWTNT champion Cody Rhodes is reportedly a free agent. Uh, as his contract expired at the end of 2021. Uh, he teased that a little bit during his promo on during last uh, Wednesday night's AW Dynamite. It's hyping the match, the ladder match, uh, with Sammy Guevara at Beach Break. Um, it, obviously, this caught a lot of people off guard. They're like, wow, this is crazy. He's not an EVP anymore, blah, 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 blah. He's, he, maybe he's going to be showing up in the Rumble. Maybe Stardust is coming back. Maybe he's going to make a run at going back to WWE, you know, all those rumors of him not getting along with the Bucks and Omega and blah, 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 blah. Like, it's, you know, there's a lot of negative press always with Cody Rhodes. You know, maybe his time with AEW is up. And then I thought to myself, when I saw the story, I'm like, wow, this is pretty crazy. Maybe he, maybe he actually leaves AEW. Maybe WWE makes this big play. And then I'm like, wait a sec. This is all bullshit. Like, the guy has the go big shell, right? Rhodes to the top on Turner Networks, like he's involved with two projects with Turner. There's no way he leaves AEW. Uh, I think this is a non-story. I thought it was a story when I first read it. And then when I thought about it a little bit more, and I was like, this is all BS. To me, this is a non-story. They'll work through it. And if anything, this adds to his character right now, which if 
that is the point of doing what he's doing right now with his contract, uh, whether he's under contract for real or not. Like this just adds to the fans disdain towards him. So I think this is like a huge non-story, Dr. Trey, that Cody Rhodes is currently a free agent, not under an AEW contract. What say you? Yeah, I'm with you. I totally agree. I I thought it was ridiculous because I'm like, you know, it it was the end of the year. We've had, he's had injuries. We've had the COVID flare up again. Stuff like this does happen in businesses and in wrestling. Your contract comes up because of situations. You work under a handshake agreement until the contract can be ironed out. And like you said, he has two shows on the Turner Network. Not to mention, he's got a freaking school that is the pipeline for AEW right there in Atlanta. Like, if he were to leave, guess what? He he, he couldn't operate the school. He'd have to leave the other two shows. Like, it, to me, it, do, it wouldn't make sense. Would it be great television? For him to pop up in the Rumble? Absolutely. But at the end of the day, right now, he's so intertwined with AEW right now. I mean, if he, if it was a big deal, he wouldn't be on TV allowed to talk about it. Tony Khan wouldn't let that happen. So to me, it's, it's a non-story. It's, it, it is a nice little angle to play and create some intrigue around the Cody character. Uh, but as far as you know, him actually leaving for WWE or whatever, it's, it's, it's not going to happen. Uh, right now, it's just it's the it'd be the timing is all wrong uh, if you're Cody Rhodes. Yeah, when he's cutting the promo on the ring, he's taking a shot at WWE for changing Walter's name to from Walter to Gunther. What do you say, like Gunner McGillicuddy? Like I, I just could not see that happening. So I, to me, big story when it first dropped. I'm like, wow, that's that's interesting. Did not see that one coming. And then you think about all of his business ventures and being part of the company from the launch and. And really birthing the idea of AEW, and it would be a huge loss for them, obviously, to lose an EVP. But more importantly, like it's just, it doesn't make any sense. Like why he, why would he leave? There's, this is what he wanted. He wanted this type of freedom. Why would he leave, Doctor Trey? I can understand if they're just going through contract negotiations, and maybe it falls apart where he leaves. But essentially, this early on, 2022, from when they've launched AEW, why would he leave? Yeah, and, and really the only reason he would leave is if he got to a point where he couldn't work with those around him. And, you know, I mean, you know, the Bucks and, and Kenny are tight and Cody's kind of the outsider, but, you know, it was Cody who kind of brought Tony Khan in to this whole equation. It was, you know, the, the two of them along with Kenny and the Bucks that, that created this in a lot of ways. So. You know, it would have to be a situation where he just got to a point where he's like, I can't trust anybody I work with. And then you look at the guys that have come into the company, and a lot of those guys are guys that he handpicked and recruited himself. So it doesn't, you know, it wasn't the Bucks who got Chris Jericho to come into AEW. You know, it wasn't the Bucks who got John Moxley to come into AEW. A lot of that was Cody. And, and then Cody and, and Chris Jericho together because of their ties to WWE. So. It doesn't make sense at this point for Cody to leave, but, you know, four or five years down the road, and he's got one last big run in him, and he's never really had that big run in WWE, and WWE could make a push to take away one of the creative founders of their competition. Yeah, it's a bigger deal then, but right now the timing is just not right for that play. It would be one of the most hypocritical moves I've ever seen with the amount of shots he took at the McMahon family, Triple H, WWE over the years, and for him to just go back to the company, 
after trying to be the alternative and starting this revolution that is AEW would be absolutely crazy. So while it's a big story on a headline perspective and it makes you like tilt your head like a dog a little bit, more importantly, when you really think about the grand scheme of things, there's absolutely no way right now he leaves AEW. Like I think maybe just there's absolutely never always like 0% chance he leaves, but maybe there's like a 3% chance right now that he leaves. Like I, I just can't see. And then of all places for him to go back to WWE uh, after the tumultuous back, uh, well, I would say back and forth, but it was basically just him to the company. It would to WWE would be just insane right now. Um, keeping with AEW, Dr. Trey, this was a couple of weeks ago, but you had the Ward, Wardlow CM Punk match. And this match has been under a lot of uh, scrutiny for the way that it was booked. Uh, heavily dominated by Wardlow, powerbomb after powerbomb after powerbomb with CM Punk. CM Punk's in a feud with MJF. Wardlow is playing like the Virgil to the Million Dollar Man right now of MJF, where you could just tell we are weeks, months away from Wardlow turning his back on MJF, turning his back on Pinnacle, and becoming a, probably a huge babyface when that happens. Uh, because the fans are starting to clamor for it. Like, it's building. It makes a ton of sense. Um, but the way he was booked against Punk was surprising, not in the fact that he uh, had a had a win stolen from him because of MJF and MJF's distractions. It was more or less the dominance of CM Punk because on CM Punk because CM Punk has not looked amazing in the ring. He's been gone for seven or eight years as an in-ring performer. We get it. You know he's still getting his his sea legs underneath him. Uh, it it wasn't a good look from there. Despite even Wednesday's dynamite where he gets a quick victory over Sean Spears. Um, what did you think of this booking? I I honestly wasn't a fan of it. I I felt like it was too much overkill. Like if they did let's say four or five power bombs, and then he goes for the pin and gets the roll up from CM Punk. I'm fine with it. But not like 25 power bombs. I thought it was a little bit overkill the way that Wardlow CM Punk match was booked a couple weeks ago on Dynamite. I would say, you know, in in, in the setting of it, it's a very old school booking. Um, we were actually just talking about this with a lot of Southern independent wrestling that when you have a big giant monster, his weak link has to be his intelligence. Because physically, he is just that much more imposing to competition. And when you're wrestling a Another size baby face. The baby face has to overcome obstacles, and trying to outwit the monster is how baby faces usually get the quick win. Um, so it's a very southern style of match in the sense that the you know the monster just dominated the baby face, and the baby face was able to sneak out a victory. Now you're right to me in this like sheer volume of power bombs. Uh, was overkill because at some point there's there's too many you know it's we've seen in the past what like you, know, you go back to the Lesnar days when he's a monster he'd throw like three or four power bombs in a row on a guy you know and then you know put him down when you get to 25 you're at that point you're like okay if he hasn't beat him right now like you're either killing the power bomb or you're killing any kind of intelligence this man has and he's just blindly following what MJF's telling him which could play into turn down the road but yeah I mean the sheer volume of them was a little bit of overkill because at that point that guy shouldn't be moving let alone able to roll him up and then body weight and momentum to hold him down for a three count then makes it look even more improbable you know if it had been around eight like you said six and eight and then did that spot 
could have got the same thing across. When you get like into like just insane numbers of power bombs, it does kind of take away from it. Yeah, it was a strange booking uh, overall, but it, we've seen this play out before where you could see something build. Um, it, it certainly appears like Wardlow is going to be a big star in the company, Dr. Trey, based off how things are currently projecting here. Yeah, it, it's, it's, in a sense, I don't say reminiscent of Roman Reigns when Roman was in the shield, but, you know, you, you had this monster guy that was just destroying people. And, you know, fans like to root for those monster guys. You know, go back to Goldberg's WCW run, you know, and, like I mentioned, Roman with the shield, you know, we like those monster badasses, you know, and, and Wardlow has that look and demeanor that he'd be a monster badass. The question is going to be, can he talk and can he keep that going forward if he doesn't talk? If he pulls a Goldberg and doesn't talk that much and just runs people over and destroys them, it'll work. But then he, we will, you know, you worry about, hey, are they, does he have a personality on a mic to captivate the audience and not fall into these suffering succotash days of Roman Reigns and not just the Samoan badass. So he's got the look, he's got the presence. It's just can he hold on to that when the eventual baby face turn comes? And are we loving Wardlow because of Wardlow or are people loving Wardlow because they hate MJF so much? That's a very good question. Uh, I think the jury's a little bit out on Wardlow as, a, as an entering performer right now, right? I mean, he seems to be a one trick pony. Uh, he seems to have that Brock Lesnar-esque uh, uh, similar uh, makeup in in letting a match go where there's not many moves. But that works for some play people. It doesn't work for others. The personality of Wardlow, I think, can be put into question. But I, I think if, if I'm a betting man, I, I do think Wardlow has the ability to become a breakout star for the company, Dr. Trey. I know, and it's the same thing, like, it's the same conversation you and I had, and, and I hate bringing this up because this might be the uh, albatross that hangs around your neck, is the Laura Sullivan debate. Like, Laura Sullivan, physically superimposing, we heard his promos, he was very intelligent, very well-spoken, and, and you got on the train, and I, and I kind of was like, I don't know if it's all there, and then it kind of fell apart, and that's where you're at with Wardlow right now, where you're like, he has what seems like all the tools... But you have to be able to put it all together to get into that Goldberg, Lesnar, Roman type, just badass, beats everybody up, the fans eat it up kind of space. There is, you have to have that connection. I mean, go back and look at Mason Ryan. Mason Ryan on paper had everything you look for in a wrestler. He just could never put it all together. Heidenreich had all the things you wanted, couldn't put it all together. So for as much as we love those, those badass guys, that you know that have transcended the sport there's a laundry list of guys who had all the same earmarks that couldn't put it all together yeah it 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 is few and far between for some of those big name guys that uh whether or not they can can carry it over on the screen for a period of time once they get the ball handed to them i think uh, a similar person from a wwe perspective right now would be braun breaker but from what i've seen the very short small sample size is um, if if I'm hedging bets, if I'm investing in a stock for a startup company to be a major player in three to five years, I'm dumping a lot of money in Braun Breaker right now, which is the similar ilk to a Wardlow, from in my opinion. Yeah, just the difference is that Braun Breaker has the pedigree. Now Wardlow's advantage is he's growing up at a he's he's learning and growing up at a company 
that has that legacy type people around him uh, that can kind of inflate him and help him grow where at WWE at times it feels like brother you're on your own I sink or swim uh, but you know at least abroad he has Rick and Scott to lean on for advice with his career Wardlow doesn't have the family ties to him but at least he has guys like Cody and Dustin and you know those guys who've seen Jericho who've been around seen everything done everything and can walk him through these steps you know AEW does kind of feel more like a family unit whereas a WWE kind of at times feels like sink or swim you're on your own you better freaking make it good let's switch gears here to uh world wrestling entertainment because it's something that you've been talking about for a, a period of time here dr trey is is when we have some of these big matches you don't know who to cheer for you don't know who the baby face you don't know who the heel is and it makes me wonder if we're in a different age of professional wrestling than ones that you and i grew up on and are accustomed to where there's this clear-cut baby face there's there's this clear-cut heel in each match and i say that because i look at the current royal rumble championship matches and i think they are filled with nothing but tweeners when you look at the smackdown side wwe Universal Championship match. You got Roman Reigns, who to me, straight up heel. Seth Rollins, straight up heel, but he's kind of playing a tweener lately. Then you look at Raw, and I feel like in the WWE Championship match, Brock Lesnar to me is a babyface presently, but he has heelish moments, kind of a tweener. Bobby Lashley, for the most part, I think is a heel, but very similar to Seth Rollins. He's had some more babyface reactions lately, he's been acting more like a babyface. And comparisons again to Seth Rollins, you got the Usos attacking Seth Rollins on SmackDown. On Raw, he's being attacked by Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin of of the former Hurt Business. Like, that doesn't typically happen to heels. So what are your thoughts on these championship matches right now? Like, what do you think of this this current formula? Because to me, at least on the Raw, WWE in general, I think there is a huge hole when it comes to babyfaces. Uh, right now, they don't have a babyface outside of like Big E that they really want to put into this type of match. One of the big four that WWE does, so they had to go this direction, which I think is the right direction. These are big time matches, but nonetheless, this is rarely do we get heel versus heel in main event matches for the big four. But you can make a case we're getting that in both of these Universal and Championship matches, WWE Championship matches. Yeah, I mean, to me, like the Brock and Bobby Lashley is still kind of babyface because Brock really hasn't done anything super heel. Having Paul Heyman out there does kind of, you know, babyfaces typically don't have managers. Uh, but just because of the previous storyline, we're kind of in that. And then Bobby, you know, kind of refired the Hurt Business. That was them kind of getting payback for him firing them again. So to me, it's still that one's still a little more babyface heel. The stuff with Roman and Seth's really interesting because even on the house show loops, they've had Seth teaming up with like the Viking Raiders against Roman and the Usos, which they would tell you that Seth's kind of the babyface. But I think what they did is because of Drew's injury, they just subbed Seth in for Drew. And much like when we see babyface babyface matches. You know, you go back to like Hogan and Shawn Michaels when both guys were, were baby faces and Shawn tried to play the heel a little bit more just to kind of get the crowd more on Hulk's side. 
you know, because you, you want to have the majority of crowd either cheering or booing. You know, you had 50-50 split suck. Uh, so I think they're just trying to do that with Seth, where it's like, hey, they have history. Roman's the heel. He's been the dominant heel. We'll let Seth kind of play the baby face in this instance, but he's still a slimy, creepy jerk. So it's an interesting dynamic they're doing to me for me on the SmackDown side because it just kind of feels like, like you said, we don't have a baby face to take Drew's spot because he's out right now. Seth and Roman have history. Seth can kind of play up baby face a little bit but still be slimy and creepy like he's been doing. And the crowd will probably side with Seth just because Roman's been such a dominant heel and we can get a decent crowd response. So that might, plus the way Seth wrestles, Seth wrestles like a baby face. You know, high-flying, acrobatic, dynamic. The crowd will start cheering for him in that match, and you'll get a definite response instead of just the crowd sitting on their hands not knowing who to boo and who to cheer for. So, But it is kind of an interesting dynamic just because of the injuries and COVID and the way they've kind of booked their roster. They're kind of in a spot where, like you said, they have a lot of heels and not a lot of top baby faces right now, uh, which is kind of a problem throughout all of wrestling as a whole. So. See, I feel like Bobby Lashley's on this swing right now where he's going to be a babyface soon, even still with MVP. I think he's getting a lot of good attention from the fans. The fans are backing him up, all this stuff. The Rollins-Reign stuff is is different because of Re- Rollins being such a slimy heel. Uh, but it doesn't have that clear-cut babyface role. I guess Brock is the closest thing. Uh, it, it's... Yeah, WWE's in, in a bit of a bind right now. They don't have a baby face that they could go to right now for a big show. I, I, the Drew point, I, I, I didn't think about. I, I think, obviously, the, the belief here is that maybe one of those spots was going to Drew for the Royal Rumble pay-per-view, that he was going to get a championship match, and that's why they're in the bind that they are. Because it's like, why are they pulling from Raw to challenge the SmackDown champion right now? Like, is... Is SmackDown that week for the Rumble, or or what's the case? Like, there's no rhyme, no reason at all as to why Rollins got the call from a different brand of WWE to face the top guy on SmackDown. Yeah, like that, that's that been boggling my mind ever since. But then when you look at the SmackDown roster, you know, Kofi, I mean, really, like, who do you bring up? Like, Roman's kind of beat everybody they had on the roster, uh, and then when they shifted the rosters around, they didn't really bring over. They drew was the big baby face move they made. The other baby face they had on the roster was Big E, and they moved him to Raw. Like, there really wasn't anybody positioned to ascend up. And, you know, it, it, it's they kind of booked themselves into a corner because they were doing so much stuff with the Lesnar stuff, and then the COVID thing hit. They had to kind of scramble around again. They just didn't have any anybody lined up, you know, like Shinsuke's tied up. I mean, he's been out injured, so you couldn't move Shinsuke up. There really wasn't anybody else there that was ready to go to take that spot. Because I think they kind of plan on it being Drew to get them through the Rumble and into WrestleMania season. So did they make the wrong call of putting the WWE Championship on Lesnar then? Like... In that in that fatal five way, because if Lesnar doesn't win the championship, Biggie is still champion. You could run Biggie versus Rollins at the Rumble. Uh, there's reports out there that Rollins was supposed to win the WWE championship. Maybe you run the fatal four way itself weeks later at the Rumble, uh, and Lesnar just doesn't take the pin at all. And in 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 the fatal five way, he's protected, and you run with 
Reigns versus Lesnar weeks later at the Rumble because that was the match you were willing to do at day one. Like, I, I, it seems like the Lesnar title change kind of botched a lot of things right now heading into the Rumble. But, yeah. but meanwhile, when you look at it on paper, the, these are two huge main main events. But nonetheless, when you look at the character side of it, that's where my problem is because it doesn't make sense as a fan. Why would I cheer for one of these guys over the other? Yeah, I mean, to me, they I think they kind of knee-jerked it in a sense of, you know, Lashley Lesnar's a match that we've all kind of wanted to see for a while, you know, and even Bobby's wanted that match for a while. But, you know, when, when the COVID thing hit, I think they kind of went with, hey, let's go ahead and spin this Brock Bobby thing into the Royal Rumble, and that could be our headline match. And then we can save Brock and Roman for WrestleMania like the initial plan was. Um, but I'm with, I, I, to me, you could have still had the Usos cost Brock the match in the Fatal Five way. They come out, start attacking Brock, drive him to the crowd, Brock's fight to the crowd, and the match itself goes back to the five, you know, the four way that you had originally planned. And, and you could have done that result that way, and Brock would have been hurt. You could still have Brock and Lesnar building up. But at that point, how long do you run that feud? This way is a nice, a nice way to break up the Lesnar Reign stuff. Reigns cost Lesnar the belt at some point, so Lesnar comes back after Reigns heading into WrestleMania. I think that was their thought process was, hey, we could break this up, and instead of having this feud culminate at the Rumble, it culminates at WrestleMania instead. Um, you know, and then we can move on to the next. By that point, it's buying us three or four months to build up a couple of guys to ascend to that main event level to challenge whoever the champion is coming out of WrestleMania. Well, I mean, the theory behind the whole Lesnar and Reigns feud in general had me a little bit mind-boggled because we knew we were going to get the match at day one. There are reports out there that they were going to wrestle at WrestleMania anyway um, and that there was going to be some sort of big angle played out the Rumble as well, which makes me wonder, would there have been a rematch? Would they have done three matches between these two uh <laughs> or two matches at least prior to WrestleMania 38 when they were going to be battling it out. So it's interesting booking right now, but when you look on paper, this is the right, right direction. Lesnar versus Lashley, way to go. Rollins and Reigns is the way to go. It's, it's the best on paper. How we got there and how we're supposed to cheer for this are two different things. I think Lesnar's an easy cheer. The Reigns-Rollins match is a little bit of a head-scratcher. Um, which then takes us to this championship match. Dr. Trey will preview predict it on next week's show. If you had to choose a champion to drop their title at the Royal Rumble, who would it be? Would it be Reigns? Would it be Lesnar? Would both retain? I, I have a feeling there's going to be a title chain, change in, in nine days at the Rumble. I think it makes the most sense heading into WrestleMania. There's reports out there that we're not going to get the title versus title match that Lesnar teased on SmackDown a couple weeks ago. So to me, a champion has to drop the title soon. The Rumble seems like the right spot. Would it be Reigns? Would it be Lesnar? Or both walk out with championship belts still? Because one, both of them aren't going to be losing. Yeah, so if, if and I, I'm not technically spoiling my predictions for next week's show. Just if I'm fantasy booking this heading into... Royal Rumble, and then the WrestleMania season, uh, what I'm doing at this point is uh, I'm probably going to have the Usos cost uh, Lesnar his title to Lashley because then Lashley has a win over Brock because theoretically, somebody has to beat Roman eventually. He's coming up on almost two years now as the Universal Champion um, and they like to have Brock win these big matches, going back to Undertaker and then his other wins over Reigns at WrestleMania over the last few years. 
Um, so then Lesnar then beats R- Roman at WrestleMania, uh, and then Big E wins the Rumble. So then you get Big E and Lashley at WrestleMania, and then you get Lesnar and Reigns at WrestleMania for the two titles. That's kind of how I would fancy book it, just given the star power, because now if Lashley beats Lesnar, now you have another legitimate special attraction, badass kind of guy that you keep building up. I mean, Bobby had a great run as champion you know, earlier this year, earlier in 2021. So it's not like he's, it's not unfamiliar territory to him. Uh, so if he wins, if he beats, Le- I mean, if he beats Lesnar, it's, it's that credibility. Like he's one of the few guys who's beaten Brock and really on this roster, I think there's three guys that have, or two guys, only two guys have, three guys have legitimate wins over Brock Lesnar. That's Roman Rollins and uh, McIntyre. So you can add a fourth if you have Bobby Lashley get the win. I think what happens at the Rumble right now uh, is Lesnar retains, cost reigns the championship against Rollins because the reports are that Rollins was supposed to leave day one with the WWE championship to set up a match down the line with he and Big E at WrestleMania 38. I think Rollins leaves as WWE champion. Like I said, Lesnar costs reigns the title. Um, and I think reigns enters the rumble and wins it. I think that could be a potential, uh, likelihood at the rumble right now. Dr. Trey, I would personally like to see reigns walk out of the rumble with the championship and Lesnar be the one that drops it. But I also throw this out there as well. I think that the, uh, both champions retaining is in play because yeah. next month is the elimination chamber in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, and that, that's another good angle because my my only thing with that is, is if you switch the titles at the elimination chamber, then you only have a one like a month and a half, two months of that guy with the belt um, heading into WrestleMania. Well, we know, just get, we just did that right last year with Lashley, and that was a really weird run as WWE champion heading into WrestleMania. Yeah, but then he came out of WrestleMania with the belt. But he was, you know, and he was better after that. But going into it was yeah. questionable. It was to me. This is more the Bray Wyatt, you know, Bray Wyatt winning at the Olympic Chamber, than losing the belt at uh, WrestleMania. It was I think that's how it went because he lost the belt right after he won it in the Elimination Chamber. So. Uh, but, uh, was it three years, four years ago? He went into WrestleMania. So against Orton, you're saying, right? Yeah. He uh, went into that as champion. Orton won the Rumble. Orton left with the title. Yeah, and then because Bray had just won it at Elimination Chamber. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget who was the champion back then now. I think Cena was. Oh, did Cena was- win it at the Rumble over Styles and then dropped it? At Elimination Chamber. Yes. And then turned around and Bray lost it to Randy Russell. Yes, they played hot potato with that championship for like yeah. three to four months. Yep, 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 yep. It was like 98 all over again. Yeah, and if you look at it, that's why we forget about those title reigns. Because they were bad. They were such, it was just hot potato around. So that's my only worry about them trying to push it at Elimination Chamber is then whoever wins it, unless they're winning at WrestleMania, it's another hot potato world title run and nobody cares and remembers about it. So would you prefer someone to win the title at the Rumble? Like, I think a title change is happening for one of the two champions. Yeah. Would you prefer it to happen at the Rumble, or would you prefer it to happen at Elimination Chamber? I prefer to have it at the Rumble because then you have at least three, you know, three, three and a half months of buildup where, like I said, with the, with the Bray Wyatt one, 
you know, you remember how happy we were that Bray won the title at Liberty Chamber and then when Suki turned around and lost it right away? It was like, well, what the hell was the point of that? You know, it was a, it was a buildup for a guy to finally get that title win and then they just took it right off of him, you know, the, you know a month and a half later in his first title defense. It's kind of disappointing. I'd rather have someone win it at Rumble if they're going to drop it at Mania. Now, if somebody's going to keep their belt through Mania, then Elimination Chamber's fine to win at because they're still going to get a few months with the belt because they're going to get through WrestleMania and then into the summertime with it. It's interesting stuff right now. It's uh, it's is it a good thing? Is this a good is WWE in a good position? Because I think we go into this pay per view nine days out, like like legitimately wondering who leaves with the championship, which is rare nowadays. I, I guess it's a good thing. Yeah, I, I, and I think this whole Reigns-Lesnar storyline is what the compelling part of it is. I mean, if these were two feuds that weren't intertwined, I, I think we could look at it and go, okay, Roman's definitely getting the win over Seth uh, because there's no point of pulling Seth off of Raw to have him be him, you know, win the belt, you know, on the SmackDown brand. There's no, there's doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, Lashley-Lesnar would probably be still kind of a toss-up because on paper they're very similar. Uh, but having the Roman Lesnar storyline in the background of all this makes it really intriguing because to me it, it is which of those guys is going to cost the other guy the belt at Rumble. That's just that's just kind of how I yeah. kind of yeah. booked it in my head because that makes the most sense. That it, I don't know if you can you can't if we're not doing title versus title, one of these two guys has to lose the belt between now and WrestleMania. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. Um, according to reports now, let's take a look at the latest top WrestleMania 38 matches. This is according to the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. Current plans, speaking of all this stuff, for the top WrestleMania 38 matches are presently Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns for the WWE Universal Championship, Seth Rollins defending the WWE Championship against either Big E, Bobby Lashley, or Kevin Owens, Charlotte Flair defending the SmackDown Women's Championship against Sasha Banks, and Becky Lynch defending the Raw Women's Championship against Bianca Belair. Dr. Trey, uh, kind of underwhelming in a way, right? Like, it's it's what we expected it to be for this upcoming WrestleMania 38 season. Your thoughts on the reports and the likelihood that those matches actually happen in uh, less than 70 days' time now. Wow. Well, I mean, for me, I'm looking at going, three of those matches are kind of repeats. Like, how many times have we seen Charlotte and Sasha go at it over the last, you know, eight years? Uh, how many times have we seen Brock and Roman at WrestleMania? This would be, what, three for them? Four? Um, <coughs> excuse me. I mean, Becky and Sasha. Excuse me, Becky and Bianca. It's kind of fresh, but then we just saw it at SummerSlam with Becky's return. I mean, it is kind of a, a build-up for Bianca to get her rematch. And then, I mean, Seth versus any one of those three is, is great because Seth's a fantastic wrestler, and we just saw... Seth and KO at WrestleMania two years ago. Um, Seth and Big E would be kind of fresh, and then Seth and Lashley would be fresh at least. So, you know, two of those, you know, two of those matches would be kind of fresh and new. Uh, one would be a repeat, but overall, it's like I'm not really blown away by any of them because a, they're repeats, and b, you know, honestly, I'd rather see Seth and Kevin Owens, Kevin Owens against RK Bro at WrestleMania. You know, if, if they get the belts back, that that to me would be a more fun match to watch than, you know, Seth defending the title against one of those other three guys. Are you surprised with all this chatter lately about Seth getting a championship again, especially during WrestleMania season? Because I feel like he's in that 
uh, AJ Styles edge role now where he doesn't need the cha- Randy Orton, he doesn't need a championship. You put him in a high profile one on one match at WrestleMania and it will deliver. Like, I don't, I'm kind of surprised he's getting a, a run right now, potentially in, in a championship match because his name keeps coming up as, as something that they want to focus on during WrestleMania season. Yeah, I mean, on one hand, I'm a little surprised. Like, I, like the comparisons you made make a ton of sense. Like, he's in that AJ Edge era where he doesn't need a belt. He's going to be in a featured match regardless because of who he is and what he can do in the ring. On the other hand, it is kind of like a reward for how well he's done with this character. Uh, you know, this this drip god or whatever you want to call it. Uh, it it's, you know, a, a different version of the, the, the Messiah gimmick he was doing, you know, prior but he's done such a good role in it and become kind of come into his own as that, that slimy, underhanded, just greasy kind of heel. Sometimes WWE does reward people just for doing a great job with its character change and, you know, being a good soldier and helping carry the brand. You know, you get on top, you make a little more money. It, it is kind of a nice payoff for him. And then plus, you know, Roman taking shots and saying, hey, if I want to headline WrestleMania, I'd wrestle your wife instead of you. Hey, there's a little bit of elevated truth to that. I, I can get on board with it. Maybe uh, Vince is like, hey, your wife's a bigger star, but you're a good soldier, so we might give you the belt. Uh, quickly here, I'll just add into it, add into this spot here because we're, we're talking about Seth Rollins. Um, quick thoughts here on uh, adding freaking to Seth Rollins' name. <laughs> and on, obviously, since we talked about it at the beginning of the show, uh, thoughts on Walter's name being changed to Gunther. <coughs> Uh, it, it's a little surprising the, the name changes because it's not like he's brand new to the show. Like he's been a part of WWE for roughly three years now, and then now all of a sudden his name's an issue. Like we got to change that up because that was his independent name. It just kind of feels like a Vince Bruce Pritchard thing, where you know going back to changing NXT and not letting the indie guys have their names and doing name changes again. Yeah, at this point, I mean, for me, it's one of these like you waited three years to change his name. If you change his name day one, not an issue. Change his name three years into it, it's a little weird and a little odd. You know, it's like Big E losing the Langston off his name randomly, or Riddle losing Matt. But this is literally a guy changing his first, you know, changing his name three years into a run, and they don't change the character. It's the same character, just he gets a name change. It's just, it's weird and does kind of show that hey if you're going to be on american TV, like it just shows me that WWE looks at nxt uk like it does not matter at all uh until you get onto u.s soil then we have to make sure that your name is something that we can capitalize it and monetize uh, to be fair we did make fun of the name walter right like when you think of intimidating names walter is uh the least intimidating i, I think right uh gunther is a little bit more german uh i'm glad they dropped the stark part from it because did you never watch Friends? Uh, I was not a Friends fan. No, Gunther was it Gunther the uh, barista? He was the, little, he was the little bitty guy who ran the coffee shop. So when I hear Gunther, I think of that guy <laughs> so, who, who who just recently died. R.I.P. Yeah, by the way. Yeah, but it's like to me, Walter actually is more intimidating than Gunther because uh, I just think of Walter Matthau. And, and then Gunther from Friends. And Walter Matthau, to me, was a, a scarier-looking dude than Gunther from Friends. Fair, fair. So <laughs> I, I just – I, I felt like I, I saw a pre-show where Walter's name was made fun of, like on WWE television. Like I think it was Booker T. 
Jericho and, and, did it. Jericho said it on his podcast. Jericho did too. Yeah, yes. he was like that is like the least. And honestly, I mean, that's how the name Trey Franklin came around. Is when I was trying to develop a ring name as a manager, I was like, "What is the least intimidating last name I could think of?" Yeah. And I have never thought of a tough guy whose last name was Franklin. I guess think of like Ben Franklin and Kirk Franklin, the uh, uh, gospel rapper. We're the only two Franklins I could think of, and then the cartoon turtle. True. And I was like, that, "That's the weakest last name I could think of." And so it just kind of feels like they they were the same route. They're like, "We got to think of a name that's Austrian and sounds tough," and they came up with Gunther. And I'm like, "That's that's no, that's that's the guy from Friends." Sorry. Uh, you know, it's it's lame. After three years, like you're saying, we've known him as Walter this entire time, and and he's just randomly changing his name. Um, like Prince to becoming a symbol. I, I think it's a lame way to go about it, but it's such a WWE thing to do. And if they were going to do it, I wish they did it three years ago. Yeah. But um, maybe they didn't know what type of investment they were going to be able to make with Walter. He's had a very strange contract and status with them this entire time. There were reports that he was never going to come to America. Now he's here. I think his time with NXT is going to be very brief. I think he and Imperium are a main roster talent. I think this is the beginning of that, uh, and that is the hope. He's he's more of a Raw and SmackDown look and feel guy than he would be in NXT presently with the way things that are going there. And just back to the whole freaking thing, it's strange, Dr. Trey, that, but it makes me like happy a little bit because it's such an old-school thing to do, like Brett the Hitman Hart. Like, when was the last time we had someone with uh, quotations in between their first and last name with a nickname? Oh, in between. No, that's a that's a good it's one. Been a while. Yeah, because every other one I could think of was in the front. Stone Cold, Heartbreak Kid, Road Dog. You know, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, geez, that's a. T- I don't know if I can think of one in in quite a long time. Uh, you know, even Sparky, even Spark Plug was in front of Bob Holly. I, it, well, did they did they do Bob Spark Plug Holly? They did do that at one point. Yep. So maybe that's the last one I could think of. I know we had we had Brett the Hitman Hart, obviously easy. We had Owen the Rocket Hart before he was the King of Hearts. Owen Hart, Duke the G- Dumpster Drossy, Jim the Anvil Nye Hart. Yeah, it is a very '90s thing to do. I like it. It is. I mean, and, and Seth's a, a '90s kid, so uh, kind of fits his mo. Uh, and then lastly here, Dr. Trey, uh, Nikki Bella, with her neck injury, she has been cleared to obviously wrestle in the Women's Royal Rumble uh, in nine days. According to reports, Corey Graves has been cleared for an in-ring return as well. Um, a lot of people wondering, is Paige next? We've we've seen a lot of people get cleared lately. Edge, Daniel Bryan, Christian Cage, Nikki Bella, Corey Graves. These were folks that... Uh, we thought their wrestling career was done, and they were able, by the grace of God, to come back. It, to me, there's like one person who had to retire young due to injury that's left, and that's Paige. Thoughts here on Nikki, Nikki Bella, Corey Graves getting cleared, and how close are we, and what is the likelihood that maybe Paige is in the Royal Rumble in nine days? Uh, well, for one, honestly, I did not know Nikki Bella had to be medically cleared. That just yes. like shows you how much I paid to, I paid attention to Nikki Bella's career uh, towards the end. I'm I'm super excited about Corey Graves though. Like Corey Graves when he was in NXT was one of my favorite guys. Like I I love the Graves character and the way he wrestled and stuff like that. Like so if, if we get Graves in the Rumble, I mean hell he just won he was a 24 seven champion recently as well. So 
Uh, it'd be nice to see if, if that actually happens. Uh, and Paige is, the, is, I guess, the big fish that's left out there for a medically a medical return. So, uh, I mean, even if it's brief, like I think the crowd would kind of go nuts, especially the diehard WWE fans. Maybe nothing. I mean, she hasn't wrestled quite a long time, so a lot of the casual fans don't know who she is. But those of us who are, you know, wrestling lifers, um, you know, if she can get cleared at least to be in the Rumble because the Rumble is one of the most protected events you can be in like you i i legitly have seen our rumbles have guys in it who either were like basically fresh out of training or were coming in injured and you can hide a lot of that stuff in the rumble and be protected so uh if that's the case man that that would be fantastic because Paige is one of my all-time favorites and uh a lot of the women the young girls in wrestling right now that was one of the women that they looked up to because she kind of brought back you know, a toughness into wrestling when she was in NXT and on her way to the main roster, you know, the whole anti diva movement, uh, was kind of founded on, on page in her run in NXT. Yeah. I'm hopeful that we see her back in the ring soon. I think barring like, obviously we don't know her medical records, but if, if all these other names are been brought back to WWE and being cleared to wrestle again, uh, over the years, even sting is another name that you could throw out there. Uh, then it's, Makes you wonder, is Paige, is Paige next? I I think she is, Dr. Trey. I think she's wrestling in nine days. Yeah, and if that's the case, then maybe we get Hogan and Flair back in the room, too. Ooh, ooh, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's what we everybody want. Makes, everybody gets one last run, Jeff. That's the way the rest yeah, works. Let's, let's do it one more time. All right, with that being said, let's get a couple plugs and sponsor, sponsors out of the way. You can download the show every Thursday. Uh, we have moved for the time being to Spreaker.com, uh, TheBowerShow.com. Everything is, is currently changing. We're trying to get our podcast back up on our Apple iTunes feed, so stay tuned for, for that. Uh, while we're on Spreaker.com, go check out the Twitter, Twitter.com slash uh, SRTU Podcast, Facebook.com slash The Still Real Toast Show. Give us a rain review over there. Help us climb the charts over on Spreaker. You can download our uh, – you can follow us individually on Twitter for myself at SRTU Jeff or Dr. Trey at the Dr. Trey. And, of course, again, don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at SRTU Podcast. With that being said, what is going on in the wonderful world of Dr. Trey Franklin this week? Well, like Jeff said, you can follow me on Twitter at the Dr. Trey. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram, Dr. Trey Franklin. Uh, when you're on Facebook, check out Rocket City Championship Wrestling. Uh, just had a big show this past Saturday. Uh, we are coming up on our next show, which I believe is February 4th. And then just announced uh, Wrestling Con 5 coming up this may uh as we get closer we are now about three and a half months out we'll start naming some uh, of, of our featured guests coming in to be performers at wrestling con five uh hard to believe it's our fifth one uh already with rocket city so i mean the first four have been a blast i'm looking forward to see who we bring in special guests uh, i know a couple of people that are very very beautiful that are rumored to be part of wrestling con year this year, Jeff. Mm. And if that's the case, mm. I may have a heart attack in the ring and die as pigeons fly out. Okay. People who are beautiful. Okay. Okay. And, and, and pigeons. Pigeons. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Support all those great things. Support the Still Real Toast Show. Go out there if you're down in the Huntsville, Alabama area and uh, support Rockets and Championship Wrestling. 
Uh, keep it locked on our Twitter and Facebook feeds as we continue to uh, get ourselves back up on Apple iTunes. Currently on Spreaker due to the uh, issues that we've had with the Bowershow.com website, which will be uh, closing soon. There will be some changes to that. So uh, keep it locked here and each and every week. And then, of course, once again, Facebook and Twitter for any other updates that happen with our, uh, our feeds moving forward. Uh, with that said, we'll be back next week. We will preview and predict the WWE Royal Rumble, which is insane to me. The road to WrestleMania 38 kicks off on next week's edition of the show. Um, and until next week, for Dr. Ray Franklin, I'm Jeff Peck. This is Still Real Toast Show. Taking school spirit. The fun's just getting started. To the max. This is gonna be awesome. Saved by the Bell. New season streaming now. Let's do this, baby. Only on Peacock. Whatever you're funny, Peacock's got it exclusively. Stream classic sitcoms like The Office, Parks and Recreation, and Two and a Half Men. Plus, catch Peacock original comedies like AP Bio and Saved by the Bell. For all your exclusive comedy faves, go to PeacockTV.com and get started.